Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm open to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey, hey, welcome to another week. Uh, this one, I am honestly so excited to say that we have our first sponsor to the podcast. And, you know, they've promised me they're going to have a produced version of this, some version of this ad here eventually. But for today, they've given me an ad copy to read. I guess they like the way that I sound and they like the way that I present my ideas. So without further ado, here is today's sponsor for the podcast. And I'll just go ahead and read the copy. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Church of Physodernica. Are you sick of dealing with those crazed people who believe they should have the right to bodily autonomy? Are you tired of hearing about people who talk about weighing risk versus reward? Are you fed up with anyone who has a differing opinion to yours? Well, we have got an organization for you. Welcome to the Church of Physodernica. Just being vaccinated is not enough to join our congregation. You must remain in lockstep with the fundamental belief that our job is not done until every man, woman, and child has been injected. Ignore the people who question the rationale of the vaccine mandates. We will stop receiving our shots when our patron saint, Anthony Fauci, has told us to, and not a second before. Ignore the fools who claim to have taken care of their health. The shot is the only way to be healthy. Stir up as much hate and anger as you can to these incessant fools. Since when did the term witch hunt become so stigmatized anyway? Remember, your vaccine is only effective when everyone else has also received theirs, and any opinion sowing doubt to this idea is heresy. Proudly brought to you by the Canadian chapter of the Church of Isodernica, in Fauci and Teresa Tam we trust. Amen. Ooh, well, I don't think they've ever actually listened to an episode of this show. Uh... You know, <laughs> by them uh, sending that in here, I don't think they've ever heard my opinions on vaccines or on, well, the mandates more in particular. But uh, anyway, uh, take from that what you will. I think that was uh, pretty pretty eye-opening, pretty enlightening as to the kind of the thought processes of the Church of Isodernica, where, you know, it's, it's a rigid dogmatic belief and uh, nothing you say is going to change their mind or make them think otherwise. So anyway... Uh, we'll leave it at that for this episode. I'm not going to touch that anymore, but, uh, well, you know what, actually, <laughs> okay, so first off, I am back in my house. Thank God. I'm so happy about that. I've got the wall built in the basement. I'm just working on, you know, sanding and priming the walls to, to then put up my siding and, and paint the other side. Basically, my son's bedroom is going to be on the other side of my office wall now, so on my side, I'm going to put up some paneling, try to make it a little bit nicer and you know, maybe eventually have a video component to this to just post on YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. I I don't know. I still, <laughs> I hate being in front of a camera at all. Like I, I did one uh, Instagram live last week for about a minute and it was the most awkward thing of my life. I couldn't even look at my phone's camera. It just felt weird. So anyway, we'll see. But if I do get comfortable with the video aspect of it, I'll end up throwing it up there eventually. Uh, but basically, I have a whole newfound respect for specifically like mutters and tapers, the kind of the drywall finishing guys. Like, you know, my brother-in-law helped me with, I'd have to say, 99% of this wall build. I did the electrical. I made a 
foolish attempt at trying to tape and sand and well tape mud and sand and you know I got mud everywhere and <laughs> the uh, the sanding didn't exactly turn out perfectly luckily I kind of did most of the sanding on the side that's going to have wood paneling on it so it's not as big of a deal how the wall looks but you know he took care of the other side for the most part so it looks a lot smoother and I'm just going to paint that probably in chalkboard paint for my son's room so he can he can enjoy it a little bit more uh, so anyway, that's my week. I'm again back in my house. The floodwaters have been kind of subsiding, going down a little bit. The pumps are working. They've opened up the highway again, obviously, so I'm able to get back and forth for work. And, you know, things are looking up. It's, um, it's a, well, it's a drastic difference compared to last week and how crazy everything felt. And now, you know, things are starting to settle down a little bit, going back to normal. I'm incredibly thankful for that. It's nice to, again, be back at home, be with the, the wife and kids and, this last weekend, my my wife made it super special for me. It was my, well, my birthday weekend. I'm 32, so she got me a float package to one of those isolation tanks, which, you know, I've done a couple times now, and I absolutely love them. Like, it's the most relaxing thing in the world to me. Maybe it's because, you know, the house is chaotic with four boys, and, you know, there is no quiet time per se <laughs> that's why I really appreciate my mornings my early mornings or my late night recordings with the podcast because it's the only times that it's quiet in the house and I can kind of get some thinking done but in that in that tank like you know you can play music you can play podcasts you can do whatever you want to I, I threw on an audiobook personally for my 90 minute session there and it was uh Pandemia by Alex Berenson which I'm I actually just finished today it's it's pretty incredible like if anybody you know, if anybody is interested in kind of the other side rather than the, I don't know, official story that's been going on through all the pandemic and everything, that book is incredible. Again, that's Pandemia by Alex Berenson. It's obviously, you know, it's um, it's a pretty critical approach at what has been going on, specifically with the, the mandates and the lockdowns and all that stuff. So, you know, be be aware, like that's the viewpoint that it's coming from. But it's it was incredibly enlightening, and I, I really did find it interesting. So I'll probably pick up a hard copy of that one as well. But I listened through the audiobook this week, and it's yeah, it's it's awesome. So I highly recommend that to anybody who wants to kind of listen to a differing opinion of everything that's happened. Uh, what else happened this last week? Oh, huge F1 race last Sunday in Jeddah, and man, like. You know, I'm pretty new to the sport of Formula One, like as far as a, a spectator goes and a fan, but that race was the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, like it was unfortunate. There were a bunch of penalties, but there were crashes. There was contact. There was just incredible passes. It was, honestly, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like it's one of the most exhilarating sports I've ever watched. And so Anyway, in case anybody's interested, the last race is going to be at, well, 5 a.m. Pacific time uh, this next coming Sunday, so the 12th, and it's all on the line. Basically, the top two racers, that's Max Verstappen for Red Bull, who's a legend, and then uh, Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes, who's, you know, arguably probably the most decorated, the best driver in Formula One history. Like, well, I mean, again, I'm new to the sport, but... I I don't think a lot of people necessarily like him that much. <laughs> He's just incredibly dominant with a an incredibly dominant car that they've engineered specifically for these last th last four races. He's got kind of this Frankenstein motor that he's running and it's just it's crazy. The car is so overpowered. It's 
it's kind of frustrating to watch, but you know, the competition has still been there and Verstappen has been just driving that Red Bull to the limit. So before I, you know, bore you guys with uh, F1 talk, because I honestly could do a whole half hour podcast on how exciting that last race was, but I won't. You guys can look up F1 podcast if that's what you want. Uh, this week, I actually had, again, because I'm back in my office, I've got my notepad back, I've got, you know, the time to actually sit down, write notes. I wrote up a bunch of notes for this week regarding kind of meaning, you know, finding your why and traversing through life that way. Because as long as you've got, you know, the, the famous saying, uh, he who has a why can face almost any how. I absolutely love that saying. But as I started to kind of sit down to record and just kind of analyzing, so listening to this Pandemia book and just, you know, I mean, scrolling through any kind of social media feed, uh, this this has kind of come to the forefront a little bit. Like, you know, I'll be honest, like in having kind of a, a differing view of the pandemic, like I'm in a lot of weird <laughs> fringe groups and, you know, telegram rooms and signal rooms and all this, you know, there's don't get me wrong. Like I, I really appreciate the other side of it. And I, uh, I tend to be pretty skeptical. And actually here's a, here's a total anecdote, something that just popped into my head though. But I was, uh, I was trying to think like, you know, how do I get out of this mentality? Like maybe it would be beneficial to just, I don't know, just relax, settle in and not care at all. But then I was thinking back to even even being a kid, I think that I was skeptical or at least kind of pushed back on authority a little bit. Like I, I went to a Christian high school, Christian middle and high school. Uh, then I actually switched out for grade 11 and 12 to do the apprenticeship program, which got me head started into electrical and the trades. But anyway, that, that's a whole different tangent. So when I was in middle school at the, the Christian school, <laughs> I had one Bible teacher who was really strict. And I think I had said... I had said something along the lines of like, Jesus is my homeboy or something because my, my stepsister had this shirt. It was baby blue. It was, you know, she was three years younger than me, two years younger than me. So the shirt was obviously be really small on me, but it was this baby blue shirt that said, Jesus is my homeboy. And it had a picture of basically Jesus throwing up the West side signs, which, you know, crossing the middle and ring finger over each other, making a W Wow. Um, if you ever had any question as to what my ethnicity was, that'll answer it right there. Me trying to explain what the West Side gang sign is. Uh, there's nothing whiter or more Canadian than the last 35 seconds of this podcast. So anyway, so I wore this shirt into class after he got, you know, annoyed at me for kind of saying that <laughs> and just specifically to get a reaction, right? So you know, I walked into class, I would have been in grade eight or nine, I was probably 13 or 14. Walk into class wearing this skin tight baby blue t shirt that had said Jesus is my homeboy with him throwing up gang signs. And my teacher just looked at me dead in the eye and said, get out. And I had, I know I had the biggest smirk, the biggest shit eating grin on my face. But you know, it's, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But basically, it's just, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, can I change this aspect of my personality at all? Like, do I have to, I don't know, because I'm fairly skeptical and I'm fairly averse to, I don't know, 
authority or an abusive authority. And I think I always have been the more that I thought about it. So I was trying to see if a, if a way that I can just change that in myself or have a different viewpoint. And then I was thinking back, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can really change it. This is pretty deep rooted. So anyway, that was a long tangent, just explaining essentially nothing. But anyway, so I did have a plan to do this episode on meaning on having your why and how that can really pull you through difficult circumstances, you know? I mean, one thing that I'd heard this week was just, you know, does anybody ever say that, you know, their marriage is really easy and it's, you know, it's always fun? No, like your marriage, this is just as an example, takes work. That's what, that's almost what provides meaning in it. It's something that you put effort in and you get obviously a ton back out of it but it's it's worthwhile enough that it it deserves your attention it deserves your effort your your work and why well because it is your why that's one of the fundamental you know things that you have to care for and you nurture and you you have to raise up in your life and so anyway before i get too down this tangent cuz i think i'm going to say it for another podcast because again so this week just in reading the book and scrolling through social media one thing that really became evident to me is how much fear is coming from both sides. Like again, in some of these different chat rooms and different uh, different groups on social media, like, you know, I mean, everybody likes to say that, you know, the people who are totally going along in lockstep, you know, like the Church of Fizodernica was talking about there at the beginning, you know, they're just afraid, it's fear-based, it's, you know, they're just being drawn in, you know, a lot of stupid terms get thrown around like sheep, which drives me insane, or like derogatory comments and all that stuff. Again, it drives me nuts, because it's counterproductive. It It's completely hypocritical to, you know, to say that you want bodily autonomy, and then to attack people who decide to put a vaccine into their body, because that's they're right. If you're arguing that you want to have the right to say no, uh, you're arguing for their right to say yes. You know, fundamentally, the the idea of freedom is allowing, you know, people to do things that you don't necessarily agree with. And so, again, I, I the hypocrisy is one thing that drives me nuts. But the other thing is in saying that they all live in fear. And then, you know, you'll read through some of these different comments or different threads. And it's it's like the biggest... It's the biggest amount of fear porn, excuse me, I've ever read. Like, you know, everything is just fear-based. It's all, oh, you know, like, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, you know, we're going to be, I don't know. I I honestly, I don't want to give too much of it, too much credence, because, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that I find. There's a lot of, you know, interesting things or different thought-provoking topics to talk about. But when it just gets heavily conspiratorial and heavily fear-based it turns me off personally and I you know I think that stuff I think that stuff is again another extremely counterproductive aspect of those chat rooms and stuff because you know and this is one thing that I liked about the book Pandemia is that it kept it very level you know a lot of it was analyzing data out of uh, Europe, out of Israel, you know, out of the States too, obviously, but those other countries <clears throat> in specific are, they're more open about their data and the way that it's broken down between vaccinated and unvaccinated, you know, breakthrough cases and death rates and all this other stuff, right? So 
I like the book because it's more, it's just on the level. It doesn't propose you this crazy dystopian idea of what things could become. I mean, it, you know, it warns when it talks about the vaccine passports and the green check mark. And, you know, I think that stuff is, I think that stuff is on the level. Like, I don't think that that's really reaching too far at this point. That's something that, you know, like, like, again, I'm not saying don't be aware of stuff or, you know, don't, don't have a healthy recognition of what could happen or what has happened. Like that, that's not it. Like, but there's a difference between, you know, considering, considering outcomes and then just being completely driven by fear, which again is kind of the rough topic of this podcast now, because, you know, you see it from both sides. Like everybody is scared nowadays, everybody, you know, like I like to, for a long time, think that, you know, I wasn't scared of anything here. Like, to be honest, I'm, I'm not scared of COVID. Um, again, I've gone over it before, but I'm 99% sure we had it. We just didn't have access to testing at the time. So I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm honestly not afraid of the vaccine for myself personally. And, you know, those two things, like, I'm not, I'm not particularly afraid of either of them. But what I'm more, if I'm going to be honest, afraid of is, you know, the response to it and the way that the way that it's kind of become like a a dictator's wet dream, you know, everything that's happened here. And there was actually, it's funny because I don't have it pulled up right now, but I do have it somewhere in my, my massive, uh, you know, browser tabbed pages on my phone here. But it basically, it was a, an article that came out. It would have been in the summer of 2020. So probably, 16 to 18 months ago now, uh, but it basically, that was the title of the, the article, was that uh, COVID is a dictator's wet dream, and it goes through basically how, how you know these different, and this is from a major Canadian publication too, this wasn't like some fringe, fringe news site or telegram page or anything like that, so, but it was interesting because, you know, as you've seen this unfold now for the past 18 months since that article's come out, like, it was very their calculations were were correct. They were very accurate as far as the way that things could go and the way that things inevitably did end up going. Because, you know, regardless of what your opinion is on the virus, on the vaccine, on whatever, like, and again, you may hold the opinion that these, these lockdowns, these clampdowns, these, you know, the ramping up of governmental authority and power, maybe you believe that it is in the best interest of, you know, the population and humanity. Or you could be like me and be a lot more alarmed by the increase in power. But regardless, I think it's really hard to deny the fact that there has been a massive increase in governmental power, in in top-down power. And the influence that it has on everybody's lives. And, you know, you see it more so in different countries, right? Like, whereas I think Germany is toying with the idea of making mandatory vaccinations nationwide. Uh, I think Austria has now enacted it. Uh, I mean, we're all familiar with kind of the craziness going on in Australia. Um, Again, I don't need to explain a lot of this stuff to you guys. I think judging off of comments and just... Uh, notes that I get, like, you guys are all pretty, <laughs> you're, you're pretty, um, you're pretty well educated in a lot of the different stuff going on right now, but what, what I really would urge people to, to caution against is fear from either side. Like, I don't think that it's going to get us anywhere. I, I don't think that fear is a good motivator. I don't think that fear is a good way to 
uh, influence people and kind of try to get them to see your side of of an opinion, of an argument. I don't think fear is the way to go. Um, it's just, it, it's not, it's not a good, you know, power of influence, I don't think. Like, it's more like what, what I'm trying to, kind of try to say is just, you know, I, I just despise the dehumanization, the division, all of that stuff is what drives me nuts, right? It's, but again, I like I try to come from a place of, you know, like we have to be able to see each other's opinions on this. Like, you know, in no society other than, you know, some fictional utopia that you may imagine. And again, everybody likes to gloss over the steps that it takes to get to utopia in order to get everybody to be on the same line of thinking. It means that you have to eliminate everybody who doesn't think like you because you know, in any population of humanity, you're not going to get everybody thinking the same. And, you know, why should we expect in 2021 for it to be any different? So we're going to have to learn to live that with the idea that, you know, some people are going to be all on board with with the stuff going on and some people aren't. But we're all going to have to find a way to live together because, you know, that's that's the real world we live in. You know, we aren't in some utopia. We aren't we aren't going to get there without genocide. So if that's really the route that you want to go, consider the steps that are taken to get there. So, <coughs> excuse me, but that all comes, you know, that's all, to me, it's all fueled by fear. It's fueled by fear and dehumanization. And none of that stuff is the motivators that I want to use for my life or for trying to influence other people. So I've got a couple of quotes here today. Uh, this first one is from Rosa Parks. So, I have learned over the years that one, when one's mind is made up, this diminishes the fear. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. And that, to me, like, I mean, that's huge, right? Because, again, it's, it's the idea of, you know, you can face some monumental task that there's a lot of unknown factors in it. And, you know, when you first look at it, it's scary because you don't have a, a path through it. You don't have, your mind isn't made up. There's too many variables on the table. There's too many things that well, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, and then you start to get sucked into these vortexes of, well, what can I do? Like, I've got no power over this. Like, I'm just going to cower here and be scared of what may come and try to react. Well, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to urge you guys to do is not to get caught up in that, you know, make up your mind. Like for me, again, I'm focused on, you know, trying to eliminate the dehumanization as, as, you know, as powerfully, as effectively as I possibly can. Like that's, that's my number one goal that we all see each other as human beings, regardless of what our opinions are. And look, I'm, I'm a human being too. I've, I'm full of biases. I've got a healthy ego that I try to keep in check, but you know, I, I'm susceptible to all of it too. But I just try to remind myself daily a lot of the times, because you know, you run into different customers, different contractors, different tradespeople who all have wildly varying opinions and it's trying to keep in mind that you know whatever like let bygones be bygones sometimes you know as long as they're not forcing their opinions on me then what do I care we're all we're all going to have different opinions we're all different people you know that's that's my line of thinking going through all this stuff nowadays and so anyway but once you have a plan you know that kind of diminishes the fear because now you're not worried about all these different variables you're just focused on what you're going to do, what your path is, what you're aiming at. And again, that kind of does tie into what my original theme for this week was, is finding that why and, you know, really embracing the struggle through it and the the effort that you have to put in and the, the work that, you know, gives things meaning. But 
Anyway, this is just coming at it from a different angle, I suppose. But it's, yeah. Anyway, so uh, the next quote here is from Martin Luther King Jr. So, and this one's very well known. Uh, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And that's, you know, I, I, I would say it's probably one of his most famous quotes. And so saying it here, it's not like I'm, you know, reinventing the wheel here. I'm just going to go over my basic thoughts regarding it. But it's, again, just kind of critiquing this idea that I see so often from, you know, the group, the the kind of counter view to the official narrative of everything that's been going on. And, you know, rather than really sticking to your root cause that you really believe in, which, in my opinion anyway, it's the right to bodily autonomy, right? But rather than sticking to a specific talking point or a specific goal, it's instead throwing all these random scenarios at the wall and just stoking fear with them. And so, you know, you've got the people who are scared of the virus, then you've got the people who are scared of the response slash scared of the vaccine slash scared of whatever. Like, again, there's (laughs) there's a shitload of fear porn on both sides here. But the idea is that you can't, you know, you can't fight darkness with darkness. You know, that you're not going to fight fear with fear. You're not going to convert anybody that way. And it's, it's honestly, it's driving me a little bit crazy because, you know, I, again, like I said, I enjoy reading through some of this stuff. Some of it's very thought provoking. Sometimes you'll, you'll learn new things or, you know, you'll learn a new viewpoint that you never had before. But, you know, you got to wade through all this trash and it's just like, it's frustrating because, you know, the stuff that I find interesting or, you know, a different viewpoint that I hadn't considered before or something like those threads, those posts get, I don't know, a handful of likes and maybe a dozen comments. You know, you get a couple people bantering back and forth, but then you see some of this, these like doomsday scenarios or the these horrific outcomes that we could be experiencing. And again, like I'm not saying don't be aware of some stuff, whatever, that that's perfectly fine, but don't fixate on it. But anyway, so you see these threads and there's 600 comments and there's, you know, all these different reactions and these things just spiral. Like you spend 10 seconds reading through these comment sections and you see, you know, if the initial comment wasn't scary enough, by the time you're done reading that, like you just, you're just curled up into a ball thinking like, what's the point? (laughs) Why are we even trying? Why, uh, why bother? And so then all it does is, you know, it demoralizes everybody who, you know, if, if you're considering that you're on a side, quote unquote, which again, I I don't associate myself to it. It's, I'm going to go off on a tangent again, but it's the same thing with uh, politics. You know, one thing that drives me crazy is because even in my lifetime or even in my adulthood as a Canadian citizen, like I've seen the Conservative Party, which in Canada would be roughly equated to the Republican Party. It's, it's not. It's still much farther left than the Republicans. But then, and then we've got the Liberals, which is, uh, well, at this point, much farther left probably even than the Democrats. So anyway, you've and then we've got the NDP, which are even farther to the left. They're fringe lunatics. But anyway, so we've got We've got kind of our main parties here, and, you know, I've even seen different parties sway and the way that they've moved across the spectrum on different opinions, and, you know, it's, when I was younger, uh, not even younger, when I was still an adult, I'd voted uh, liberal, and then, you know, I've voted now, since then, I mean, I've voted across the political spectrum, but to me, like, (laughs) I don't like to identify as, you know, a particularly political person to either side because I usually have a few 
A few key points that I'm voting on at every election, like, you know, you, you can't focus on everything. Like, no party is going to make you perfectly happy. So focus on a few key points, the things that matter to you, and vote accordingly. But, you know, like, it, it's this us versus them thing, right? And again, it's really derived in the states because it is quite a rigid two-party system. Whereas again, in Canada, we have a little bit more flavor, a few more colors across our political spectrum. But, um, you know, lately, it's it's kind of been following the same the same rough way of thinking as the states. The, it's, it's become a lot more polarized and a lot more two-party-esque, even though we have, you know, uh, again, a number of parties. But that was a tangent. Where was I going with that? Uh, oh, right. So, so I'm, I'm trying not to view it as different sides, right? Like I, I like to think anyway that I'm just somewhere in the middle. Just, I, yeah, I don't, I try not to get sucked down vortexes on either side. But anyway, <laughs> the overall theme of this is just, there is no point in fixating on all the fear all the time. It's going to get you nowhere. You're just going to spin your tires. You're not going to, you know, attract anybody to your viewpoint, you're not going to change anybody's mind by just trying to replace their fear of one thing with a, a fear for another thing. It's not going to work. And that's why, well, again, this is my opinion. This is all just some dumb electrician's opinion. Keep that in mind. All right. Like, it's not like I'm some pundit or some, some social media guru or anything that's talking about this. It's, it's my opinion of what I see you know, on job sites, working with different people, conversing with people of all different, you know, beliefs and political versions. And, you know, it's just, that's the one thing that I like about trades. And, you know, I think uh, I would love to see like a tradesperson in office. I don't know if you're ever going to find anybody who wants to do it, who's willing to do it. But, you know, because if you're actually out there, if you're working and conversing with different people, like, yeah, I, I work with a lot of tradespeople and tradespeople are of a fairly similar mindset, you know, we're, we're very much with the idea of, you know, working for your living, putting in the effort, and you know, you will be rewarded for it, like at least, you know, vast majority of people that I've talked to worked with, associated with at work. That's kind of the general line of thinking. And you know, that extends itself into a whole bunch of different beliefs. But, you know, that seems to be kind of the core tenets, which is, again, one thing that I really appreciate, too, is I, I love the value of work ethic, I love the value of, you know, putting in a, a day's labor, being able to see the fruits of your labor, and, you know, you get it paid accordingly. So, perfect. Win-win, right? It's a meritocracy, which is what everything should be. So, but anyway, but the other, the flip side of that is, you know, dealing with customers, dealing with designers, dealing with all these different people, you know, salespeople, like, when it comes to these different aspects who you're dealing with all the time, uh, they may come at things with a completely different viewpoint. And it's, it's interesting, right? Like, I don't think, I don't know, I've never worked in an office, but I, I don't know what it's like in an office, actually. So I shouldn't say this. But the way I imagined it is like, you know, just water cooler talk, and everybody's working in the same industry, roughly the, you know, the same type of job. And I don't know, it seems like it would produce a homogeny of ideas. <laughs> I don't think there would be be much difference there. And anyway, uh, I'm cutting right up against the clock here and it is getting late I you know as usual I wait till my kids are all asleep everybody's asleep in the house and then I come down and record so I'm starting to burn out this uh this episode was definitely brought to you by those uh Starbucks energy drinks it's given me about an extra 45 minutes of energy here enough to pump out this podcast add the intro and the outro and post it and then whew, that's it so anyway thanks again for listening uh thanks again to my sponsor the Church of Fiza 
You guys are great. Just kidding. Um, but anyway, I will continue to dig into that and try to, you know, just needle, needle that side a little bit because, again, I'm not trying to, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, okay, one last thing. I was actually speaking to somebody who was a guest on the podcast here today, actually, uh, David, who, if you haven't listened to that episode, I believe it's called David, Why the Individual. Um, I recommend it, especially nowadays. It's very poignant with what's going on. And that was recorded uh, months ago, maybe even a year ago. I, I honestly, I lose track of this stuff, but it was recorded a long time ago, and that, that message is more applicable now than it was when we recorded it. So, but we were talking today. And it was just, it's the idea of, you know, coming at things calmly, rationally, and just with, uh, you know, a more rational approach. And he was referencing my my last week's episode, you know, questioning the rationale between uh, just simply requiring the green check mark of the passport as opposed to actually allowing a rapid test and showing that, hey, like, you know, that green check mark doesn't mean that I'm not infected, but this does. Like, I have a clean bill of health thanks to this rapid test. So anyway, uh, he was talking about the rationale there and just kind of keeping calm and keeping it just, um, you know, rationality-based. And, you know, he was saying, and I, I definitely agree with him, that, you know, I mean, the considering the number of attacks, you know, the name-calling, the, the dehumanization, the you know, being called plague rats and everything else, like, considering the vitriol in the attacks coming from that side, like, you know, maybe it's time to just, just needle a little bit more, because maybe, you know, <laughs> look, when, when you start to kind of provoke an emotional response rather than a rational one, I don't know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you kind of break apart some of your own ideas if you start getting heated and then realizing, like, oh, like, you know, maybe what I was arguing about doesn't make sense because, yeah, like, it pissed me off, but but now I have to think on that. Like, why was I so angry about it? So anyway, anyway, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach and maybe <laughs> produce a few little ads for this Churchifies Adernica. And uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. But, you know, <laughs> I'm getting pretty fed up with everything. You know, the name calling, the the division, it's hitting, it's hitting home for our Christmas uh, gatherings with the extended family and everything. It's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely bananas. But anyway, that's enough tangents for today. Thank you very much. Have a great week and I will talk to you all again soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.